It's time for a smashing cast from the present. Produced by Michael, the Exo Paradigm Gamer. Consulted by Haydox, the uh, Haydox. Supervised by Ryan, the Rye Rule. And directed by Dan, the King K. It's the Unversed cast. <laughs> Who's King next? K is next. Am I next? It's time. Okay. Right. It's time. Um, is it time? To say, I don't know. Is it? It's time. Should it be time? Well, okay. It's so time. I have a feeling you're gonna want to talk about your personal game of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I do. Oh, yeah. Um, but before we do that, do you mind if we talk about Doom Eternal? Because I noticed that you had played True. it since we did our last podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. So, my opinion hasn't really changed, mostly because I have not finished the game still. I got to the I part- I haven't finished it either, I, yay. I got to the part where you get the Crucible. You can use it. Um, I haven't even gotten that far. <laughs> uh, and then I got yeah. to- I'll call it a factory level, I won't be more specific than that. Uh, and you're basically heading towards the final boss, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, at that point, and I'm just like... For, for some reason, whatever fun I was having towards the beginning of the game had kind of evaporated at that point. Basically, what I said during our last podcast was... I thought the story of 2016 wasn't anything mind-bending or anything. I was more interested in it, because I liked this really dark almost event horizon kind of storyline they had going on with like, you know, summoning a gateway to hell and messing with hell, trying to use hell as an energy source and like this this giant corporation that had such little regard for the safety of its employees that it was willing to mess with powers beyond its control. They sort of ruined that with one of the, for the Doom Eternal DLC, which I'm not going to spoil because somebody who I follow spoiled it in my Twitter timeline. Thank you very much. Uh, but, yeah, it, I, I didn't think the story internal was as interesting. For the most part, the things that I do like in it, I also liked in 2016, but I feel like the combat was tighter in 2016. The only thing I can really look at in Eternal and say I liked that, I really enjoyed that addition, is the dash. Uh, I, it, it is a game changer, I really enjoy the dash a lot the level design and like the combat loop and all that all of that stuff is fine and even great maybe but something about it just did not grab me as much as 2016 did and i still haven't finished it so i wonder if it's because you already know what to expect with doom it's i mean it's possible and but 20 like doesn't do enough to different differentiate itself That's from my the, problem uh, with doom eternal are the basically the same unquantifiable difficult to explain problems that I had with 2016 that I just I don't I still don't even really know why but I just don't like I'll play them I will enjoy them in the moment and then I will never think about them again I have no drive to finish them and that's just where I ended up with both of them and I it's I really don't even know why because I think that the level design is more interesting than most shooters on the market. I think that it is yeah. really fast-paced. Um, I, and again, in the moment, I have a lot of fun with it. But it, it's just, I, I, 
like it, it's I just have absolutely zero drive to finish it. I, I remember I went back to get footage for my game of the year video and for Eternal. <clears throat> and I was playing through this level. I, I don't even know what level it was, but I was playing through this level and I you know I was having a lot of fun with it. And then like I died. And I just kind of like it wasn't. I wasn't even angry. I died, and I was like, "Okay, I'm done." I just. I've I played just games. I've been there. Not necessarily with this game, but there are games I've played where I'm like grabbing footage for it, and I'm like kind of enjoying it. But the moment I'm dot, I die. I'm like, do I really want to replay that part I just did again? And I'm like, no, not really. Nah. And then I just kind <laughs> of turn it off. But it's yeah. interesting to hear you say that you feel like they have kind of the same. Je ne sais quoi that doesn't work for you uh, because I remember you tweeting about earlier this year and saying that you thought it improved over 2016 I do generally like it more than 2016 yeah and I, I will say the first couple levels I was like whoa this is like maybe I'm finally understanding doom but then come the end of the year no I'm not fucking like nothing has fucking changed it's like Come the end of the year, I still haven't finished the game. I have no drive to finish it, so I don't know if I just don't know if Doom's for me at this point. Like I just don't. Yeah. Even Eternal, which I was like, oh man, maybe I'm finally starting to understand, and then I get four levels deep, and I'm like, ah, yeah, this just I, feels like the yeah. same thing over and over. I don't really care. Like, like I I finished Halo Four multiple times this year and didn't finish Doom Eternal, so I don't know what that oh my says. God. That is interesting info. Why Halo 4? What the fuck? I, because I rotate through all of them. And it just happened to be that... Like, I finished Combat Evolved multiple times this year. And two multiple times. It's just what I do. In my spare Did you time. like 4? Do we want to talk about that? Because technically the Master <laughs> Chief Collection did come out in 2020. On PC? Well, I mean, fuck yeah. it. Whatever. Alright. Um, if... If I'm... Because, like, realistically speaking, I don't feel like I could say that the Master Chief Collection on PC is my game of the year because it's technically a 2014 game. It's not like a... Well, I suppose it is like the Persona 4 port and that they updated and changed some things. The, my actual game of the year is something that was new as of this year, but if, if I was being to broaden that more I probably would say that Master Chief Collection was my game of the year because I put so much time into it and never okay, even well then in that case I, I would after MCC I'd like to bring up something but you know we'll get there yeah it is a game that I put well let me let me look I'll see how many hours I put into it I think it's like 120 or something uh, 166.1 hours and that's just God the damn. PC version. And I never touched multiplayer at all. That's all that's all campaign and just me just playing the campaigns and I think you there know. you know I think there might be something to be said about the shooters that I was brought up on IE Halo um that may explain my disinterest in doom i i had somebody reply to a tweet i made i think or maybe it was a comment on my game of the year video someone was telling me that doom may be like sensory overload and i actually might agree because i i grew up on the halo games which are very 
how do I describe? They're, they're, they're not slow-paced. I guess they aren't. In, in comparison to Doom, they're slow-paced, but... Slower-paced, yeah. They're, they're kind of, like, more, quote-unquote, tactical. Yes. They're, like, so, I guess there's more yeah. room to breathe in Halo, whereas in Doom, it kind of feels like you're 110% the entire way through, and maybe that's... I just kind of fall off after a while. I don't know. Yeah. Like, Halo is, is about... There are lots of the... And I feel like the gun system... Like, it's kind of cliched now, because so many games copied it, but... With a lot of, like... With, like, original Doom, right? It ha very much has, like, a Ratchet and Clank kind of weapon system. Where mm -hmm. you have, like six or seven different guns and when you're out of ammo you're forced to switch to a different one and all they really amount to is point at the thing and shoot it whereas with with halo there are so many more like weird little heuristics and things that i discovered because i was playing them on legendary for the first time um where it's like you have to learn about how the elite shields work and when once you know that you can know that you know, the Needler, when it explodes, bypasses the shield and kills them instantly. So they're good on brutes and stuff, or mm -hmm. other enemies that have lots of health, and including Promethean Knights. You can use the Plasma Pistol to destroy their shield and follow up with a headshot. You can, you know, there's all these weird little heuristics that you can learn that can be tricky to pull off, and but they never get old to do. Like, noob comboing an elite never gets old. I don't know what it is. Headshotting a grunt never gets old. And it's like there's a rhythm to the combat of, especially because of the health system, where it's like you go into cover, you re recover your your shields, then you try to come out and make some progress. You can move around your enemies to get the jump on them and grenade them from their backs. There's, there's a rhythm to it, and it's something that Doom doesn't really have in its combat sections. It's more like they throw you in an arena, they spawn enemy after enemy, all the enemies move way too fast. There's not really anywhere to stop and sort of recombobulate yourself. Like, yeah. the, I remember there's this one section before the Doom Hunter boss fight in the Arctic Wastes. Or maybe it's like the second half where you fight two of them at once. Um, you're in like North, the North Pole or the South Pole. I don't remember which. And you're fighting two of these bosses at the same time. And meanwhile, there are Mancubi all over the place and uh mini zombies and it's just like all of this stuff and it's like that in itself is not bad and clearly it appeals to someone because these games are popular and i've seen lots of people say that eternal is like the best shooter ever made and i'm sure to them it is and i don't begrudge them for enjoying it that much certainly but it is one of those things where i feel like it is easier for me to sit down and play get back into the groove with Halo's combat loop than Doom's. Because like you said, it is kind of like we're cranking up that excitement and tension dial all the way up. And it's just like for 10 straight minutes, you are trapped in an arena with these ravenous demons that will not give you any quarter whatsoever. There's nowhere to rest. There's no way to reacclimate yourself. There's only so much health you can get. And it's like, you know, and it's like, I'm sure a lot of people find that really exciting and tense and it's it's a sh the shot in the arm they need after so many shooters felt the same for so long uh, you know when it's like certainly I enjoyed on some level but it is one of those things where after a while the game the combat loop just becomes exhausting and something else uh, I kind of like about Halo 
um, especially when you play on legendary, which I pretty much exclusively do. Um, yeah. Is that those? I I know personally that people like uh, the the idea that you swap between a weapon wheel and that there's no reload button. You don't like. Something that was always cool to me about Halo is that you have two guns, they're placed throughout the map, and you kind of just have to make do with what you have. Yeah. And so it kind of forces you to find interesting ways to use the guns that you find, um, especially yeah. on Legendary, which kind of demands that you use those guns effectively, and equipment and grenades or whatever. Whereas in Doom... I, there are so many times in Doom where I will be in a room, um, I know that there's like specific things you can do to like take out gun turrets or whatever with the grenade attachment on the shotgun, um, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily immediately clear to me what I'm supposed to be using, because first of all, you're in the heat of the moment, you're like, okay, I just need to shoot this thing. So pick from one of your like 20 fucking weapons and it gets to a point where I eventually I'm out of ammo and I'm just using like the rocket launcher or whatever because for some reason like I never use the rocket launcher. So <laughs> like I, I like I get to this point where I'm like out of ammo and I'm just spamming the rocket launcher and I'm like man this is I, I need to find some ammo. And then I go back to the loop of like well let me just kind of default to the weapon I like using. And I know it's kind of reductive because the game does incentivize the use of certain weapons against certain enemies. It just doesn't feel yeah. as natural to me as in Halo, where like you have what you have, you need to find a way to make it work. Yeah, so I and like that. Means that, a that lot. the game is balanced in a way, and there are some times where it's just like you're stuck in the council room in Grave Mind, and all you have are these shitty brute plasma rifles to take out brutes who are basically bullet sponges. You need a carbine to headshot them, or you need a needler to blow them up, and the game's just not giving them to you. There are moments yeah. like that, uh, but, and it's like, and you know, that is something I kind of liked about Eternal, is that they kind of add those similar sorts of heuristics, where like, you wait for a caco demon to open its mouth, and you shoot a sticky bomb or a grenade into it, and it stuns them, then you can go in for a glory kill. Um, I think the difference between that and Halo, and why it... The noob combo never gets old and that just felt like okay i'm just gonna do this every time is with this is because the elites are so dodgy so it's it's hard to nail that charged plasma burst on them but when you do and you can follow it up with that headshot in that very narrow window of time you feel like the fucking best game player of all time you know what i mean that that yeah, that's, never that's gets another old. thing that I'm thinking about now is that with the caca demons or whatever and you shoot the grenade in their mouth every single caca demon it's just the same thing you, you shoot the grenade it doesn't even feel like they need to have their mouth open you just shoot the fucking grenade and then you press e and that that yeah. like the glory kills i understand why they're there but i i think they're kind of after a while it kind of just feels like oh, okay now i need to go over this enemy and finish it off like it, it it did get kind of like, especially with simple enemies like the Cacodemon, where like, it's just you hold right click on the shotgun grenade and then you shoot it in the mouth, press E. And I yep. get why that could be rhythmically satisfying. It's just kind of, it got really repetitive after a while, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, but obviously, lots of people enjoyed it. Lots of people called me out on our last podcast and said, you know, that they didn't really understand my position. And the fact is, well, now everybody I don't... can call me out too, so we can be called out <laughs> together. Uh, what I'm saying is, is, is that even I don't really understand what it out. is. Even I don't really understand what it is about Eternal that doesn't work for me. I couldn't. I think it is like King K, where it's a je ne sais quoi quality that I can't really nail down. Um, and maybe it's just that I got my fill from 2016. Maybe it's more like I don't really feel like a lot of the stuff they changed really benefited the design all that much. Lots of people will heartily disagree with me and talk about pace and encounter design and say like the combat loop is tighter than ever. What are you talking about? And it's just, you know, if there's one thing I've learned from playtesting my games with people, it doesn't from like a theoretical standpoint you can build the best game in the world but at the end of the day it is given to a human and the human has an experience with it and that experience that they have that they feel they are not wrong about um no matter like the way that a game makes someone feel they're never wrong about it um and that's that's kind of what the case is here. I feel something. I feel like I'm not enjoying this as much as 2016. I can't really nail it down to anything specifically it does wrong. It's just how I feel. Uh, so if you enjoyed 2016 and it's your game of the year, like I know it is for a lot of people in my Twitter timeline, uh, you know, personally, I think it should have won the game awards myself. It feels like the kind of game that, well, that or Hades, those seems like the two games on my timeline that so many people were enjoying consistently. Um, so they, I don't know if it, if it was, if the Game Awards were a democracy, I feel like either of those would have won, but yeah. So poop balls. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good so are there, before we get into our top four or number one games of the year in 2020, are there any other games we want to cover quick? Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity wasn't too bad. Okay, let's let's talk about that because I haven't played it myself and I was interested in it. Uh, I feel like we said this, <laughs> I said, or rather I said this in our Breath of the Wild podcast that we recorded that I haven't edited yet. Uh, that I... I do you, do, side tangent. Do we want to redo those? Those things are over a year old. Did we record them that long ago? It was a long time ago, dude. Tell yeah. you what, I will edit them and see what I think. Um, okay. And if I feel like, well, I don't know that. But even then, that would only be me. So I don't know. If if you guys, I'm up for re-recording those. If you if we really want, I'm up for re-recording. Um, Why the hell not? But regardless, sure. uh, a point I made during that was there are so many good things narratively in Breath of the Wild that all happened before the game starts. And I feel like I always felt like it was a Force Awakens situation where the story, the backstory was more interesting than what actually happens in the game. Um, and I'm looking at Age of Calamity and it appears to be exactly that. It's just the story leading up to the Calamity and including that. So I was <laughs> having such exactly, a hard time. Yeah. I'm having such a hard uh, time figuring out how we had this conversation <clears throat> without like. So. I'm familiar <sighs> with the spoiler that happens. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say. I don't what give a fuck about this game. Spoil it. Well, I'm, I'm never going to play. Our audience it. might care, so we got to be careful well, about that. 
I am the audience. <laughs> I, I am, am the city. I was doing a trailer park boys thing. Let's Have just you seen that. Let's just say that from what I've seen or what I've heard from Twip, they sort of go down the Final Fantasy VII remake rabbit hole with how the story progresses in Age of Calamity. I would say it is similar, but not as drastic. Not as drastic, and it's also up front in the very beginning. It is okay. not nearly as, like... Uh, the way that I'll put it <clears throat> is that it seems like something Zelda would do, and that might be controversial, but it seems to me like something that doesn't necessarily feel out of place in Zelda. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I have played the original Hyrule Warriors. Uh, I did enjoy it on kind of a mindless button-mashing sort of level, and, like, the game has really good combat feedback, and, like, the different characters feel somewhat different to play. The combat was still fairly mindless, at least on the difficulty I played. So, in terms of how does Age of Calamity compare, because it seems like it's closer to the actual Breath of the Wild in terms of the combat. It's a bit more... I feel as if it's a bit more technical with the uh, Sheikah runes that you get. I feel like if that's a bit... I mean, like, sometimes, like, an enemy will, like, do a specific attack and it'll tell you, like, which rune you need to use. But, like, you can, like, use the runes in your own creative little ways and do combos and stuff. And I feel also as if the characters that you get... While I think... Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of a lot of the characters that they added... Um, or at least of their playstyles, I can at least appreciate the fact that they're so drastically different from one another. You know, like not one character feels the same. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. Definitely, I think like, this is the the most varied Warriors game I have played in the sense that, like, mm-hmm. yeah, every fucking character feels different to play. It's, and I mean, there are obviously it's Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> It tries its absolute damnedest, and I think it has risen above the moniker of mindless button masher. But, you know, there are, like, moments where, like, you're kind of button mashing. But, like, every character has this kind of intricate kind of, like, play style where, like, Sheik, um, not Sheik. Impa? (laughs) Impa. I've been playing a lot of Ocarina of Time, I'm sorry. Um... (laughs) <laughs> Impa. I wonder why. Impa has... She has to place runes on enemies and then break the runes. And if she can do that three times, her specials and some of her combos become a lot stronger. And it's nothing, like, mind-blowing. But it's something that, like, you have to think about during the like during your battles where you have to keep... Make sure that you're getting your um, Sheikah runes... Not Sheikah runes, because those are different, but you get your, like, symbols on the enemy and then break them and then make sure you have the... all your clones with you, and that... to remember that when you use your special, uh, you'll lose all those and you have to do it over again. Um, it, it feels like every character was, like, given a unique idea to work off of. So, like, every character you go to have similarities, but they all have, like, a core playstyle that's different. Like, Rivali is based around you flying like, and your combos are different when you're flying in the air as opposed to when you're on the ground and they're a lot stronger. Every single character has 
um, stasis, cryonis, all of the runes, except they function differently across each character. Like mm -hmm. sometimes, like, um, what, what's an easy to go to example for this? Um, um, like. Link, for example, with his bomb runes, uh, he just like chucks four bombs at uh, at whatever it is in front of him. But Mifo like makes it rain bombs. Yeah, and that can there can be pros and cons with certain bosses, which I think are a major major step up from the original Hyrule Warriors. Um, the original Hyrule Warriors I felt like had really lacking boss design in the sense that fighting them felt kind of like they were they were a little too like use the weak point if you know what i mean like yeah. you had to use the damn weak point there was just no other bartering with the game no bartering with the game to do something else whereas age of calamity there are it it surprises me how much they were able to transplant breath of the wild's mechanical identity into this game there are moments where you're fighting like stone talus or whatever where I honest to God was like, I, for this moment in time, I feel like I, I kind of feel like I'm playing Breath of the Wild and it was really strange because there are so many of the little like lightning striking water will make it spread or like freezing, how freezing works, how like, I don't like, there are a lot of the elemental interactions that are from Breath of the Wild. There's like, if you get a perfect parry, you can do the flurry rush the exact same way that it was in Breath of the Wild. It's just crazy to me, the shit that they were able to cram. Like, it, it is by, like, it is definitely my favorite Warriors game. And I think it is, it's a good sign, maybe, if they, if that team wants to handle other properties, because it feels like they're honing in on what makes the series they're adapting special. And I think that's really cool. I think I prefer the, uh, let's say the original, the deluxe edition with all the DLC and shit. Mm -hmm. um, it feels a bit more honest in what it's trying to do. Um, like, like, like the original Hyrule Warriors is just like a celebration of Zelda. And I, I, I love that, you know? Um, and, you know, everyone has said it with, with Age of Calamity, where it's like, you know, they thought they were going to get one game, but instead they got another. And it's like, it feels just a bit disingenuous, I guess. I don't know. It's like you think you're getting one thing, but it turns out to be something completely different. And it just kind of like stings in a way. I don't think it's as uh, egregious as another example that we'll talk about in due time. Because, again, like they were upfront about it. So I was able to just be like, oh, OK, well, that's disappointing, but I can roll with it, I guess. Um, I also felt as if like there were more characters, like while some did play this very similar in the first Hyrule Warriors. I was able to gel with a lot more characters that way, too. I was able to, like, easily gravitate towards. Like, I, I could I could name, like, maybe two or three characters that aren't Link that I do enjoy playing as in uh, Age of Calamity. But I can name a whole bunch in Hyrule Warriors, the first one that I really do enjoy playing. Like, I enjoy playing against most of the cast in that one. I feel the so. opposite way, honestly. My standout, also, my have, standout like, in the original Hyrule Warriors were Link and Sheik. Mm -hmm. And like the only one that I don't like in Age of Calamity is a spoiler. So I have just realized that now and I will not say it, but it's it well, is the one <laughs> he is a Goron, That's... I will say. Um, oh, yeah. And he's awful. Uh, <laughs> but um, 
one of the characters who I like playing as is also a spoiler. So there's um, that. What they happen to be characters that were in the original Breath of the Wild. Yes. They all, they all are, okay. and that's the thing, is that like all the characters I have are a feeling in... I know who they are, then. Yeah. I don't know. I, I loved almost every character in Age of Calamity playing. Like, obviously I have my favorites, but like... I was just really impressed by like... the amount of variety they were able to wring out of that game, and... Yeah. The fact that the levels... There are parts that, like... It is so lovingly, like... The counter that I raise to Hyrule Warriors being a celebration of the entire franchise, like, first of all, I don't feel like there's any way that you can follow that up with a sequel that makes, is going to be more grand. So, mm -hmm. like, I enjoy the direction they went where they were like, let's just celebrate Breath of the Wild. It sounds kind of Focus weird. Focus on one game and kind of like expand It sounds kind of like, weird, I, I, like... Yeah celebrate one game but like they really go fucking deep they're like let's get the you most know, out of this as we possibly can that is that is I, I I see that and like there's a part I don't it's a little towards um the end of the game actually uh and there's a part where you're on the great plateau and you get to run up to the the cliff that's in the very beginning of Breath of the Wild yeah and it's weird because that game came out in 2017 and I felt kind of nostalgic for it I was like, oh my god! Well, that, yeah, that was something I was I'm going here. to say, is that the the way the environments are made, it really does feel like they they poured their eyes over everything in Breath of the Wild, and were like, okay, let's get this one-to-one. -one. There's fucking... There are places I was running over, and I got fucking deja vu. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I was here before. Yeah. It, it's just... Because it's trying to be a hundred years before, you know, regardless of anything they do with the story itself, it does... In terms of still setting, it. like, it, it does feel like Hyrule 100 years before, you know? Like, because yeah. they went through the effort to make it not just look the same, but, like, where you're running across the same places that you were in Breath of the Wild. And the fact that they have taken so many mechanics from it, it, it like, it will always be a Warriors game. I'm not gonna, like, try and sell it as anything else, but... There are moments in it where I'm like, this just kind of feels to me like a it could be placed in the same vicinity as Breath of the Wild, if that makes any sense. Like, it's not the same mm -hmm. game, obviously, but it's like, I think it tried its heart out and it feels to me like a worthy way to tell a story that is not like... You can argue whether it's canon or whatever, but the it established for me what I wanted it to establish, which was to better flesh out the characters that I don't feel got enough screen time in the original. And that's all I get, like, that's all I really wanted from it to begin with. So I was satisfied by that. You also get, like, a taste of what the Divine Beast can really do, and I mm. really liked that. I mean, I think some of them kind of played kind of boring, but, like, uh, Ruda and Vamado were so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, that was a power trip. Definitely. Um, and, again, like, I, 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 I like the game quite a bit, you know, and, like, I don't know. I just wish that, uh, I wish they had the balls just to, you know, go Halo Reach with it and just 
you know, it's a game that you go in knowing everyone's going to die. And the whole point is that you get to see how they die. Maybe it's morbid for like a Nintendo kids game. I don't know, but I think, uh, you know, yeah, I can I, understand that would have made for my counter. That made for my counter to that game. is that it would kind of. I think that they would begin to stretch themselves thin trying to fill time, you know, like because the point that this game goes, you know, the point where there's yeah, if it had if that had like if there were a few stages after that where like, you know, the ending happens or whatever, they're like trying to fight off whatever cutscene that happens in Breath of the Wild where like Link and Zelda, you know, the one that's supposed to be emotional. Um, mm -hmm. If it had just gone on that track, like I had gone into this expecting it to do that, but by the time I reached that point in the game, I was like, man, this would be really underwhelming if it was just like ended here. So mm -hmm. I'm almost well, glad with the if, way that they took it. So I don't know. If they were to go all the way with it, and like actually have I, I guess we just kind of spoiled it but oops <laughs> um, but if they actually went all the way with I don't think that they would have ended the game at the point where uh, they die in Age of Calamity you know I think they would have been able to fill in the con like they would have been able to fill in more stuff in that gap, you know, so like I, that could have been like the finale because because like I feel the point like... where they die is like the halfway point of the actual game, or where the, the where they're supposed to die is like the halfway point, and then the rest is just kind of like yeah. But where do what do you fill time with is my problem because I guess I don't really care because I like you get everything up until they like bite the dust supposedly, you know. Mm -hmm. But I guess like like they could have explored some of the more like like okay so like you know in in Breath of the Wild there's like this one uh, temple area um, off to the side somewhere and there's like a lot of guardians and stuff like that they could have explored that in Age of Calamity they could have explored something involving the the Zonai tribe you know oh what's going on with them like we could have got like a tease maybe some that leads into Breath of the Wild too you know uh, but they didn't do that you know I think like there's like a lot of lore. And Breath of the Wild. There's like a lot of history in Breath of the Wild that wasn't. I guess I'm not coming to this game for that. So. I, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, like I just thought that like they would go with an extra mile and like really explore it as opposed to doing what they did. I I feel like fine, that, I feel but... like that undervalues what they ended up accomplishing, which was a very satisfying um, arc for the character, like for Zelda especially, who I intensely dislike in Breath of the Wild. Um, <laughs> she was very... Like, I, I finally, finally, it took this weird-ass Dynasty Warrior spinoff for me to finally fucking understand what they're trying to do with their character. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate <laughs> a lot of the stuff that happened with King Rome Bosphoramus. Love that name. Mm -hmm. Um... I appreciate how they concluded him and Zelda's character arc. It, it was like, it was not what I expected it to be. And I thought that was fucking cool and rad and it was surprising. And that's not going to be a running theme later or anything. Hmm. So, Ryan, I'm going to ask you this question. Yes. You know the kinds of things I hate and like 
Kingdom Hearts. Do you think that I would mind the way that they set up Age of Calamity as opposed to how they marketed it? Because the, the thing is, too, um, as soon as the game opens, the twist is spelled out just like that. Okay. You know? It's it's spelled out so quick. So you're like, oh, this is what they're going to do. So, like, I didn't find it as bad because, again, like, like I said before, like, they're kind of upfront about it. It's just like it tells you in the beginning, this is a side tale. You know, this is something else that could have happened. It kind of, that's what it feels like. It feels like a what if kind of game, but. Okay. I didn't really care for the story. Uh, and again, like, I mean, you, KK, you were talking about like, oh, like, that's what they were trying to do with, uh, that's what they're trying to do with Zelda. My sister was watching me play this game. She hates Zelda in this game. She thought she was so fucking I annoying. Fucking hate yeah, her in I, Breath I of the Wild. <laughs> I hate how they portray her in Breath of the Wild. Zelda is like infinite in that the concept is more interesting, way more interesting than the actual execution. In some games, yes, but in some games, Zelda's actually pretty fucking cool. No, I'm talking I'm talking specifically about Breath of the Wild in this scenario. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. I think they just make her really like she felt kind of mean in Breath of the Wild. And you don't get a lot of context to figure out why she's Well, it's it's in her diary in the castle, which to be yeah. fair, I just feel like Age of Calamity contextualizes it better, which is what I'm trying to get at is that I first of all, she wasn't as like she wasn't as mean as she is in Breath of the Wild. And I mean, she's get, not as mean, but she's still as useless. Like, all she does is just stand around going, <gasps> I would not agree with that at all. <gasps> and then, like, a boulder's gonna fly at her face, and then Link runs up and blocks it with the that shield. Is not, and like, that's oh. not true at all. There's, like, an entire moment where she, you know, I'm not even gonna go into that, but, like, there's an entire <laughs> moment where she comes in her own as a character, and, like, I, I could, the thing for me is that I got a start-to-finish perspective on her character that I did not have before. Yeah. And I think the thing about Age of Calamity that I appreciate the most is that it makes me it makes me more okay with Breath of the Wild's minimal story approach because I have gotten the blanks I need to fill in. Because, I mean, despite the fact that you could consider this a side tale, not canon, whatever, it does, for me, achieve the goal of fleshing out these characters in a way that would make me playing Breath of the Wild again, I can think back on the events that happened in Age of Calamity, and I can fill in the blanks because they do, up to a certain point, fill in those blanks. And I appreciate that. And it got to do something else too. So I think that it was able to fulfill both goals, maybe not both of them as much as one or the other, if that makes any sense. Maybe by not focusing on one more readily than the other they were. And maybe it's a bit middling to some people, but I, I think that now when I go back to play Breath of the Wild, I will have a more fully realized picture of these champions. And it might even like strengthen my playthrough of the game narratively now that I have more context for the things that happened long ago. So I appreciate it. I respect that. Okay, so uh, unless if there are any other games that we would like to talk about besides our top games, 
uh, I say we move on to those. Okay. Uh, I want to breeze through like a few. Uh, Resident Evil Three was fine. Um, yeah. Uh, Animal Crossing fell off hard. Uh, that's uh, that's about it for I me. I will say because I'm not gonna go into this for time's sake, but um, yeah, Yakuza Seven was close, very close for mm. Game of the Year. Um, oh yeah, I love that it went turn based because I was getting kind of sick of the Yakuza combat. It felt like it wasn't developed enough, so I appreciated that, and it has the best. I think it has maybe the best story in any of the games and i love the new cast and you know is great and then also dragon quest 11 did not come out this year but i said in my video that if if it had come out this year it would have easily taken game of the year so i felt like i should mention it yeah uh i played a ton of games uh, that i had in my backlog like that Dragon Quest stuff. Like, uh, I played Hollow Knight. Uh, finished that. Amazing game. Hitman 2. Amazing game. Sea of Thieves. Played I that. really like Hitman. I played a... I'm looking forward to Hitman yeah. 3. Yeah, Hitman 3 is going to be dope. That's coming out soon. Yeah. Which is really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean... There were a lot of games that I, I just, like, had time to dabble in and complete, like, Psychonauts or... I don't know. We kind of... We, we talked about Animal Crossing on, um... on the In the quarantine cast, so I don't want to mm. rehash it. That's also but, part uh, of the reason why I didn't really have that much to say, because, like, the games that I was looking forward to this year, or in 2020... They had already came out. <laughs> yeah. We already talked about and, them. Yeah, yeah we, that's fair. We exhausted Animal Crossing. Like, I um, like PSO2, uh, but then mm -hmm. they're, they're like, oh, hey, uh, we're going to make everything really complicated now, and also we're making a new game coming out in 2021. I'm like, okay. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Thanks. Well, <laughs> anyways, uh, who wants to go first? I feel Can like... Can I go first? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, if we're talking about games that came out this year that I enjoyed the most I guess it would have to be Animal Crossing <laughs> we don't mm -hmm. have to go like too too into it but it just like kind of let that I mean I, I don't even think Animal Crossing is a bad game you know I think it's really good and it's like the reason why I picked this one is because it's the one that like even if I'm just like digging up fossils and like selling them to like Tom Nook or whatever it's the one that kept my attention the most out of all of it you know and it's like it's always there like, if I'm having a shitty day at work and come home, play for, like, a few hours and be done. And have a fail. I'm like, okay, I'm good. So, in terms of games that came out this year, it's Animal Crossing. Because it just, it was there when I needed it. But if we're talking about games that I played for the first time, um, if I can nominate that for my uh, game of the year, let's say. Uh, it'd be Hollow Knight. Oh. Dude. Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, nice. Fucking yeah, base. Yeah, it'd be Hollow Knight. Fucking base. Yeah. <laughs> um, fun story about how I even got this game. Um, so I, I, I know I told you guys about it, but uh, the Cuparista from next door, she uh, she got me this game as a as a gift. Dang. I'm like, oh wow, because she loves the game, and like I still haven't beaten it yet, but like I could just tell um, by 
I mean, first of all, by the amount, the amount that I've played, uh, what I have seen her play, this is easily like one of the best indie games I've ever played. And I, I want more games like this. Like, there's so many indie games that like use like the the pixel uh, retro look as a crutch. And I get why, because it's harder to do like 2D animation and stuff. But like this game, like especially with the price, like 15 bucks. Hollow Knight like, is fucking beautiful, man. I it's love it. fucking gorgeous. The music is insanely good. Oh, and yeah. there's so Dude, I mean, I like the, the core gameplay game. loop is like the same for the entire game. But there's we'll, we'll the get game to that, huge. Michael. So. I I have um I love Hollow Knight now, but the problem was I played two to three hours, and I was like, "This is boring. I'm not having fun." And it, it was like the moment I got like the dash, I was <laughs> like, "This this game is incredible." Because like once you get the movement options, and like it it just like once you get the movement that like you need it just it 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 opens up everything mm -hmm. you just like yeah the world is a bit uh labyrinthian and confusing sometimes but like i uh i i have come to really appreciate it i've really have uh i ranted to michael about it a lot the beginning i was like this i don't see what people see in it. it's a monkey but game. then i just gave it another go yeah a monkey game but, um, yeah, I saw that video you posted, Ryan, and then I'm like, well, I'm gonna give it another shot. Mm. And then, uh, then I did, and I was like, yeah, alright. And, like, I, I would, like, there have been times where, um, I would go, uh, I'd go out with her, and then, uh, she, we'd stop by one of her, or one of her friend's place, um, and she'd bust out her Switch, starts playing Hollow Knight, she was stuck in a part. I would try it. You know, and again, like, this is the part where, like, I only had, like, maybe two hours in the game or something like that. And she was, like, hours in. Like, she has, like, at that mm. point, she had, like, 60 hours. And now she has, like, 120. Because there's, there's that much to do. And, like, I would fight this one boss. There was, like, the like the, the beetles that keep spawning over and over and over again. The rolling like, ones? Yeah. Yeah. They have, like, the spikes and shit like that. And, like, the one where, like, you could actually kill one of them by, yeah, like, the cutting chandelier. a chandelier or something yeah. like that. It's like, that's so cool. And we beat it. It was like, oh my God, it's so cool. It's like, like the, the, this is something also like, again, what we were talking about with, um, Genshin Impact and, uh, Immortals, um, where they don't understand how isolation can actually help your game story and to make it more interesting. Cause there's like a lot of really interesting lore and a lot of really interesting history in Hollow Knight, you know? So it's like, you know, you're playing this game, you're like, you're looking at all the scenery, like, what is going on here? And then, like, there's characters talking about some, some, uh, oh, fuck, what, what the, the infection and shit like that, like, where that stemmed from, uh, the absolute radiance and shit like that. It's like, whoa, you, just, you want to learn more, you know? And this game was made by, like, three people. Like, that's insane. Yeah. That is insane. So, like, like, this, this would have to be, like, the best game I played all year. It's incredibly impressive. It's a beautiful game. And for the price that it is too, like it's 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 nuts. So it's hard. It's really hard. But it damn, it's is good. hard. But I hard agree. <laughs> <laughs> I am I'm, I'm excited for Silk Song. Like yeah, I I, yeah. I I want that. <laughs> Gimme. Okay. <laughs> so that that's my game of the year. Right. Uh, awesome. uh, that's cool. Uh, I guess I'll have 
as always, Exo Paradigm Gamer will have to be the dissenting opinion and say that <sighs> he found this game... I didn't play it as long as Haydox did to the point where he got the dash. Like, I played it for like an hour and mm. a half or something. I thought it was dull. Yeah. I thought the graphics were drab and the the character... I mean, like, it's it's an art style, it's fine. I'm a horrible artist, so I have no room to judge or whatever. But it looks it looks like a Newgrounds Flash game in terms of, like, the, oh. the art style. <laughs> like, it... It gets it, better, Michael. It looks like it, Castle it, it is Crashers. That, it is like... Um, yeah, it... it you have to hard commit though that's the thing with this like it go try one more hour I, i'd be curious to see it does take a while to get into it and that's it yeah. took me a little while but then once once when you find out like what's when you find the kind of rhythm that this mm. game kind of like dances to and you start dancing yeah. that dance it's a fun ride. It's hard as hell, but damn, it's just like, it's so easy to get lost in it. And I mean, it's technically, evidently, it's a 120-hour game. Uh, but, you know, it's still like, it's like we were saying earlier, the mental achievement of got to the good part. You know, it's like... It's not that long. It's more like 26. Yeah, I don't know That's, how the hell you spend 100. Like, yeah, I get I, how, but yeah. like, at most I spent like 40 and that was okay. what well, she's, trying, the to, DLC. she's trying to 100% the entire game. Even, well, what do you mean? Like, she's like going the, after everything. God tuner and everything? I Yeah, I think so. Uh, even then, maybe? I don't know. That's still a lot. I, and it's also, I, uh, also, again, like, it's also how many times you died and trying to do true, like, true, true. like, I saw her try to fight the, uh, the Nightmare King. Mm. Like, the, the hard version of that fight. Oh, I see. That one is hard. Yeah. Like, she I mean, still has stuff to do. She's trying to get, like, a very specific ending. There's, like, five endings, too, so... Yeah, Michael, it, it wouldn't take you that long. You would probably go for about 25, 30. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's probably like, what I'm going to do, too. I'm probably going to go for at least, like, 30 or 40 hours. Because, like, right now yeah. I'm at, like, 25. But I, I was more right. saying that proportionally, yeah. if it was that long of a game, then two hours is, like, nothing, relatively speaking. But you know, still, it's yeah. like I played it. I was just like, "This is this is the game that everybody's making a hullabaloo over." And I mean, it's like I felt I feel kind of the same way about Ori, at least the first Ori. Um, oh no, damn. twin! <laughs> it, damn, it's, that's it's also like, to me though. Well, it's like uh, what what King K was saying earlier. It's just like you know, like I could play Doom Eternal and while I'm playing it, I'm enjoying it. But when I'm not playing, I'm like, I feel no urge to pick it back up again. That, that's that's pretty much what I feel about Ori. I played most of the Damn. first one this year, um, and it Ori kind of reminded me of Hollow Knight and vice versa in terms of like Metroidvanias, but kind of a indie art style. I I feel like Ori is a little more exciting. I feel like it also has the same problem where it doesn't get good until you get the bash, really, uh, but. From there, I was hard in... disagree, but whatever. I uh, know it's a, it's a. Both of them, I'm sure, are fine games. It's just not something that. There are certain games where I will pick them up and just like immediately get enraptured and know that this is something for me, despite not really having seen it before. And Persona Four was something like that, and it's like, I already have sixty hours in Persona Five, and it's like, 
I can I can learn to like new things. It's possible, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and I don't know. Maybe I'll try Hollow Knight at some point if I'm really bored. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I'm glad you guys like it, and I'm glad I, I don't begrudge people for getting enjoyment out of things. It's just something I should probably say more often, but yeah. No, no, you don't have to. That's implied. Nobody actually thinks that <laughs> who watches this far. Nobody has watched three and a half hours of us memeing and, and yelling at each other. Talking about Hadox's foreskin. Yeah. Oh. That was, uh, nobody, you don't have to put a disclaimer of like, Ding ding ding! This is just my opinion. And then Dark Hadox comes out of the room and says, huh, but, "But, but, what about my opinion?" And then, then he says, "Um," and or the Dark Hadox says, "You really don't want to say this." And then I say, "Say what?" And Dark Hadox says, "What you're gonna say about that video game everybody <laughs> likes?" And then I'll say. <laughs> and then I'll say, hmm, but what if I did anyway? And then I'd shoot my clone and the, I, it would be a big existential crisis. I would no longer talk about the game. I'd only talk about the fact that there was a clone there and that I killed him. All right. Okay. Never mind. I was going to say something. I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Can I say it? <laughs> okay. Um, who wants to go Would next? You, okay, here's a question. No, 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 no. Here's a hypothetical, right? Oh, dear God. <laughs> Alright. If you... Okay. You have the ability to make a copy of yourself. Is this right? is this the classic would you have sex with your clone scenario? No. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, you've made a copy, you have asexually reproduced, <laughs> you've just divided yourself, and now there are two of you. W like, so say you're, like, you are, like, one of them. Do you kill the other? What do you do with it? Like, it just happened. You're just sitting there. I make him go to work for me. Well, why, why would your clone <laughs> agree to do that? They would have free will. Let's play this out, Ryan. I'm your clone. <laughs> I, I have... <laughs> I've separated from you, and now I'm 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 um, I'm looking down at my penis, and I'm saying, "Oh, awuga, awuga, awuga." Well, then I tell come. you, damn right. <laughs> yeah, and then I'd I'd say, um, "Can I? Is is yours as big as mine?" Honey, we're the same size. And then we kiss. At the end. <laughs> good, good, good. So so basically, it's like that one stream you did where you did the mirroring effect. And then I made out with myself. Yeah, that happened. This was a yeah. thing you did. Ah, oh, man. I don't remember that. I only remember the <laughs> ROR meme. The You remember the, 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 the Virgin Mary? <laughs> that, one, that one was so bad. That one was so bad. Uh, I, I can't remember. Did I'm you begging. do the ROR joke thumbnail with the World Trade Center before and after? <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> or was that something I made up as an example of something no. you do? No, I didn't do that. Michael. Oh fuck, I'm bleeding! Ah! Because your clone sucked you off. He's a vampire. I, I guess Ryan likes it rough. ROR, remake or rebreak? Um, George W. Bush and George H. W. Bush. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give this a remake, and then Michael, you go. 
Awuga. <laughs> then you start fucking H.W. Bush. That man's mm -hmm. giving sloppy toppy all day. You feel me? In Listen. <laughs> okay. Can you imagine George Bush? <laughs> I would prefer... I prefer... I prefer not to imagine that. Um, George Bush. Imagine. Imagine King K, please tell us what your game people. of the year was. No, no, no. I go first because Ryan, Ryan's not here for the the debate, the great Final Fantasy six debate. Seven, eight. <laughs> fuck. I go. Someone share their game of the year. Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Uh. Fuck, man. That game. That I I love the original. I it's like my favorite platformer. Really spoke to me a lot, especially the beginning, the music, the aesthetic, the gameplay. You know, it was like I loved platformers at the time, and this was like, oh, this is everything I want. And then Ori and the Will of the Wisps came out, and I'm like, you know, it follows the little baby owl and Ori as they get lost. Um, but it transforms into this beautiful story about sacrifice and like, uh, yeah, sacrifice is the, the main theme. And, you know, there, there are so many moments of like silent character development that this game does right, which is like, it fleshes out the world in these cutscenes with like, um, you know, the main villain at the end, Ori's whole journey in restoring the place and yeah it, it's sort of the same idea of removing corruption and whatnot but like the the world is so beautiful and the music is somehow even better like sanctuary in the glades and even now there's like a hub so you like your spirit link actually progresses towards like building up your hub and like having new creatures move in and there's like there is so much more depth in this game, like in terms of upgrading stuff, in terms of all of the weapons that you can get, and like, there is so much fucking depth that the movement also feels amazing in this game. Like, what game you get is it? Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Oh, okay, okay. I, I had to come back because I sneezed and almost died. Oh, good. Uh, are you okay, my, my yeah. boy, my beautiful son? Yeah. Great. Great. Yeah, Ori, Ori is just, um, it, it really spoke to me, like, um, it came at a point when I was mourning loss, and, uh, you know, it, it was like, it was a very good game in terms of coping with the inevitability of, like, you know, the, the cycle of death and everything, and, and sacrifice, and, uh, on top of everything, it's just... You know, it's not often that a game comes around and... Like, I, I felt this way about Death Stranding last year in Disco Elysium, where I'll play, like, 12 hours straight, and then go to bed, dream of the game, like, me playing the game in my head in my dream, and then wake up and be like, I'm gonna go play Ori again. Uh, it is... It is peak Metroidvania. It is peak platforming. It's It's... It is a, a 10 out of 10 game, and they've, like, fixed all the bugs now and everything, so, like, 
you know, if you wanted to pick it up, now is the time. And uh, for the money, there is a lot of content and like the progression and and just the movement is so fun. And like the speedruns are insane of this game. The tech that you can pull off and it, it's like the boss fights are better, the, the enemy encounters are better, the level design is better. Everything in this game is just an improvement of Blind Forest. And I feel like Silksong, Hollow Knight Silksong will be the same way, too, in terms of like Hollow Knight is so good, but then it's like Silksong is just gonna take it to the next fucking level. I see like Will of the Wisps and Silksong similar in that regard. So, uh, pick it up. The end. Yay! Yay! King K, Hooray. I, uh,. Now, here's my I've, question, I've, right? You're wrong. My question <laughs> is, would you, would you all rather end... <clears throat> what cancerous discussion would you rather end on <laughs> is my question, right? Please check out our YouTube channel for video versions of all our podcasts. The music used in this podcast is as follows. Apro Hour, Chucky the Construction Worker, Crinoline Dreams, Dirt Roads, District 4, Faster Does It, Fireflies and Stardust, Funnin' and Sunnin', Funky Chunk, George Street Shuffle, Hard Boiled, Honeybee, In Your Arms, Intractable, Matt's Blues, Porch Blues, Shades of Spring, Somewhere Sunny Version 2, Ultra Lounge, and White. All of these tracks were composed by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com and are licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0. You can find this license at http colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash buy forward slash 4.0 forward slash. This podcast was edited by yours truly, Exoparadigm Gamer. Thank you very much for listening to our podcast and we'll see you all next time.